Welcome to Advance, a podcast devoted to helping strengthen churches for gospel movement. I'm your host, Brian Moak, Vice President of Church Strengthening with Convergement America. You know, statistics state that approximately 80% of people in America live in metropolitan areas, and there's evidence that those percentages are growing. And as a result, many small towns and rural communities are shrinking across America as people increasingly move to these city centers. That population shift is certainly affecting the church in these small towns. Well, what sorts of ministry works in these environments? And, and how, how do we best encourage small town churches and pastors? And finally, do we need to think differently about small town ministry, even as we are needing to think differently about all the ministry uh, that we do? Well, uh, to help us talk about growing a healthy church in a small town, I have asked Jerry Troyer, pastor of Eastport Baptist Church in Eastport, Michigan, to join me. Eastport is a town of 218 people, and Jerry has been pastor of Eastport for 23 years. And here's the amazing thing. Eastport is a healthy, growing, and significant church, not only in the Eastport area, but within our movement and Convergement America. So I can think of no one better qualified to talk about this important topic. So Jerry, thanks so much for being a part of Advance. I'm so glad that you're here. Thanks for having me. It's good uh, to get together. Yeah, it's, I, I can't. I can't wait to to share together about what God's doing at Eastport and and uh, and what God wants to do uh, through our small towns throughout throughout uh, the country. Um, but to start, just so we can get a little idea who you are, give me the two minute uh, Jerry Troyer and Eastport story. Uh, you know, just wrap twenty three plus years into into two minutes. Yeah, right, right. So, you know, uh, God called us here uh, kind of in a real special way. And uh, I was all excited about coming here because I cast a vision in my candidacy. Don't call me unless things are going to, you know, you're ready to move forward and all that. And I accepted the call, um, came here to Eastport, and then went out and started visiting the community. And they said in the community, oh, you're from Eastport Baptist. Oh, that's the church that never changes. And I, oh, and I found out that I was, you know. Uh, they weren't exactly forward in what, who they were, but great church, um, even with, you know, all their issues that they had at the beginning, uh, was, was a church plant by the American Baptist Church in 1884, wow. and uh, this happened prior before I came to help plant a church in Elk Rapids, um, and uh, this church has never had a split in the history of its church, 136 years. So uh, it's a very loving church, and uh, we're glad to be a part of it. Where exactly is Eastport, as as you look at Michigan? It's uh, about an hour and a half south of the Mackinac Bridge uh, all along Lake Michigan. This is vacation mecca uh, for the Midwest. Gorgeous, just absolutely gorgeous up here. And uh, so it's a resort community. Um, it's a farming community. Uh, but we have lots of people that have been transplanted in as well from retirement of everywhere else. People want to come and retire here, at least in the summer. Some of them, yeah. some of them flee. Some of them don't. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful community to be involved with. Well, I can uh, 
I can absolutely say yes to that, having visited you guys several times. It's a beautiful place, uh, but it is. I mean, it's small. I actually Googled the number, and so the last census, at least that's out there, 218 people. Now, like you said, in the summer, that changes drastically, yeah. but 218 residents of this small town, and so you are a small town pastor. There's no doubt about it, and uh, it's amazing, and, and so I think the it would be fun actually to start out with this question. What do you wish the big city pastor knew about the small town pastor? That's a hard question because there's such a variety of views. Uh, but, I, you know, in thinking about this, I I want to tell a story about my own life because I came from uh, a larger community. I was on a staff of three in a larger, you know, mid-sized church of about 350 and 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 when I, you know, candidate at Eastport, I had these wonderful dreams, a church of 70. Oh, I can't wait to go hunting and fishing, which is, you know, all around here. You know, I'm going to have so much time to do. And I could have not been more wrong. I worked hard because everything flowed through my office. Uh, yeah. and, and so it, it's hard work. Uh, in the rural ministry. And uh, I became a student, not having grown up in rural America, I became a student of rural ministry and learned about the culture and come to find out that if you're going to thrive as a rural pastor, you have to become a specialist to the community and the people that you reach. And so um, I know there's some Pastors, I don't know how prominent this is anymore, that used to think, you know, you start out in a small rural church, and then you work your way up to a larger church. And then, you know, if you're really good, you get to become a pastor of a great large church. Right. And my years of ministry have been in reverse. I interned in a mega church. I pastored in a medium-sized church for 14 years before I came here. Mm. And then I've been here for 23 years in a small church. Mm. And I have to tell you, you know, there's something good about every size church. This church has been the biggest blessing to me. What do you mean by if you're gonna if you're gonna minister in the small town rural community, you have to be a specialist? What 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 do you mean by that? Uh, you have to really come in with a missionary mentality. You can't bring your culture and how you did church in other places or how you grew up in church. There's a different mentality to small church, how it functions. You know, sometimes it's referred to as a family-run style of church. And uh, that's not completely true. You know, each community is different. But there are some unique things about small church. And if you don't know how to work within a small church, um, often you dive and, and don't survive. You cannot bring a larger organization mentality to a small church and expect it to work. That's good. I'm going to I'm going to ask you a little bit later uh, about what are some of those specific things that you have to be aware of in the culture, but some of that might come out even as we talk. But let's let's move from that to what what are some of the blessings that there are in serving in a small town versus a larger community. Now, uh, you know, you enjoy that small town thing. So, you know, for for some guys, man, if, if if you don't have a Walmart within five minutes of you, and and uh, you, you know, 
87 restaurants, you know, that's, that's horrible. Uh, But, but what, what are some of those blessings in serving in a small town versus a larger community? You having been in both environments. Yeah, I, I had to say um, probably the top of my list is the level in which you get to know your people and your people get to know you. Mm. You know, when you, when you have a, you can only be close to so many people. Right. And when your whole entire congregation, I mean, I obviously still in my size church, I have closer relationships with some than the others, but I have the majority of the church I have a good relationship with. Mm. And this is one of the things that I like about small church is it pushes me because I can't hide. Okay, you can hide for a few years, but if you're in a church for a long time, they get to know what you're good at. They get to know what you're not good at, and they get to watch you grow. And uh, leadership in a small, this would be one of the things that, that are key. I think this is key for any size church, but I think especially for small church, you lead by example, you let that be come follow me kind of philosophy of leadership versus, okay, let me come into you and tell me, tell you what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. And that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, relationships are key in any ministry, mm-hmm. but especially rural church. And that's the blessing. These people, I'm telling you, if I have a crisis, I want to be here at Eastport. They have my back. They have other people's back. You don't have to organize it. You don't have to, you just, it just happens because people will come out of the woodworks to care for you in a time of crisis. Mm. And uh, I can't think of a greater blessing than, than just, you know, people yeah, having good relationships with people. Just for clarification too, you know, um, you know, we're, t- we're talking small church, but we're, we're, we're focusing on small town. And, and the reason that I'm, I'm making that distinction is because in your town, you're really not a small church. Um, so, and I'll explain what I mean in a second, but how many people uh, attend your church? What, what's your, what's your Sunday morning attendance? And obviously time of year makes a difference, but in, in the summertime, our our numbers go way up to like a hundred. Typically, not this summer, but typically 170, 180 people. They leave your church in the city. They come on vacation. They come to my church. You know that's because the population triples here in the summertime. And so, so your major ministry is happening in the summer, which is in the big city is usually when everything sort of shuts down. Is is in the summer. Well, yes and no, because my people go on vacation. Oh, sure. And, I, and I'm filled with visitors who, you know, some are here for the summer, some are here for a couple of weeks. And so even though you have large numbers, you don't have commitment. You can't build your church on summer people. So so it's, it's, it's kind of different. So in the school year, how, ma- how many do you run? I would say our average right now is about 120 to 130. Uh, that would those would be normal numbers for us. So let me make a really important point here: is 120 to 130 people, let's say, in your church. That's over half the size of Eastport is attending your church. Now, not everybody is from Eastport. I get that, but it you you your. Um, market share, if you will, and that's not a spiritual term, but I mean, you get the idea. 
that is an unheard of percentage of people from your town who are uh, who are a part of your church. And so just because you're in a small town or in a rural environment doesn't mean you can't have a significant impact in your community for the sake of Christ. With with that, why don't you share, and I know this isn't on our script, but why don't you share uh, one of the big events that you do every year, this smaller church in a small community, and what do you do? Okay, so I, I just also, I need to just kind of maybe filter a little bit of what you said, that we're more of a regional church. Yeah. A lot of our people travel. Yeah. You know, we have about 20 or 30 minute drive you know those are the fringes and by the way just let me say every small town really has to be a regional church so yeah yeah that's the way it is yeah so we sports is a big deal so um we do a sportsman's banquet uh in this area those are those are big things and uh we started out our first year we had about 90 people at this event and uh you know, just had a great time, got the gospel out. It's a great seed planting opportunity. We've seen some discipleship relationships and salvations out of that. This past year, it's like our 13th year, I think, that we've done it, something like that. And uh, we had 350 uh, people, guests that were there. And and uh, it's just a huge draw. We gave away about $14,000 worth of sporting goods um, and, and so, you know, there's, there's opportunities to do things in unusual ways up here that yeah. you find the right niche and people, people come. And by the way, all those 350 people uh, heard the gospel that day. Yes. Uh, yes they and, did. Uh, and so what an amazing thing, um, again, that your church really takes the lead on, uh, uh you know, with, with the help of others as well, I know, um, well, there are blessings in the in the small church, a small town, uh, rural community. There has to be some difficulties. There's difficulties in every ministry. Yeah, so, absolutely. What are, the, what are some of the the things you got to be thinking about as a small town pastor that are, that could be difficult? Well, the first thing I would say is the same thing I said: is the blessings. It's the people. Yeah. And and here's a, here's a little bit different dynamic dynamic that happens in small rural places. Uh, everybody is needed, all hands on deck kind of a, an approach. So, you mean the eighty twenty rule doesn't work in in the small small church environment, the small town? Uh, it, it's it, yeah, that's there, but they go out of their way not to lose anybody. There you go. Yeah, the, everybody everybody is important, and it's harder to hide because you, you know you you know everybody, um, but. They put up with personalities, rough personalities, uh, that a larger church uh, can minimize uh, most of the time. Not always, I understand that. But uh, so, so what makes you good makes you bad in a sense. Mm-hmm. And because of that, um, there can be unwritten rules by how people allow people with. Uh, unhealthy uh, life choices and unhealthy ways in which they deal with people, they put up with that. Hmm. And by the way, that's good for me too, because, you know, that's, that's part of God's design of the body. You know, you, you learn how to get along with people, even when they're rough 
and even when they're you know they bite you on occasion um, you learn how to love them anyway and let God take care of them um, so that that's some of the challenges because those voices are louder uh, louder um, in a small church and so that's those unique personalities are a challenge I, I suppose along with that the positive and negative is that everyone in town knows you yeah, and by the way, this is really the bad thing is that when you have a blow up in your church, mm-hmm. the community knows about it. That's right. That's right. Um and and so there's there's so many people in my community that I have talked to, so I'll never go back to another church again because mm. you know, or because they heard how your church dealt with a certain group of people or a person or whatever and they just they just won't come anymore. They write the church off because they want to avoid the conflict. So uh, that's really a hard thing. Why do you think guys are less interested in um, wanting to be a pastor in a small town or rural environment? Is it, it, it you know, how much how much are finances an issue as they think about it? How much are uh, you know, influence. I, I don't know. What What do you think? Um, because I know it's always harder as we place pastors in churches. It's always harder to find pastors willing to go to the small town. They'll go to a small church in a big city, but to go to a small town or a rural environment to be a pastor, like you said earlier, unless it's a stepping stone for a super young guy, um, uh, how? Why do you think that is? What What are the reasons? I think a lot of it's just cultural. Um, in American culture, we're conditioned to think we have to be bigger. We have to be, you know, there's something more spiritual or something better about a larger church or a larger charge or whatever you want to call it. Um, and, um, you know, there's, there's, you know, clearly some of the great preachers that I love listening to, you know, are pastors of mega churches. But um, there's also some great preachers in small churches. There's, there's, there's some, and I think they get overlooked. Yeah. Uh, culturally, I think it's a shame that we don't have some conferences where we pull in pastors and let them be keynote speakers who are from small churches and medium-sized churches because the conferences have kind of fostered that. I, I don't think that's intentional. I think that's unintentional, but we always bring in the big name that's because right. they'll draw more to the conference because more people know them. Right. And uh, we're 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 somehow brought too much of the consumerism in in the approach to ministry, um, hmm. and I think that affects. I think that affects that. I certainly think that you know smaller salaries have an influence because um, you may not be taken care of as well or you can't take care of your family as well in a small community. Uh, But again, I think that that's a challenge that um, can be resolved. I think it's a challenge that, that we are looking too humanly at the job or ministry. Uh, One of the things that I love to say about small church, and I think this is a growing thing. I've learned a lot about God Uh, in small church that I couldn't in a larger church that had more resources is that God is not limited. This is not original with me. God is not limited by limited circumstances. Yeah, that's good. You know, and you look for God to do something and you're forced to do that in small church. Look mm-hmm. for God to do something unique where you just can't just 
pull out a paycheck and and pay out of out of your budget. Uh, let God do something. That's great. That's that's the that's a gold nugget uh, for for this podcast for sure. Hey, one other one last question. Um, what are some ways that you would encourage pastors listening right now that are pastoring in that small town or rural environment? What what, what do you want to say to them to say, hey, uh, be encouraged? Uh, yeah. Hey, listen, uh, according to a Rural Matters Institute, 60 million Americans live in rural America. Wow. wow. You know, there's so many people that that need God. And rural ministry is hard because I think it's it, people are more independent mm-hmm. who live in rural areas. And so they're not as open to trusting God. They want to trust their own abilities. And that kind of pushes against, obviously, the Christian faith and how we are to live it. Um, but I just want to remind pastors that the church that God has called you to is not your church. Yeah. It's God's church. And if it's God's church, then he has an agenda and his agenda is always better than my agenda. And so God has a plan for your church. Figure out how to see God's agenda. Go join him in what he's doing in your church and watch God blow the roof off your place. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking numbers. Uh, stop chasing numbers. Yeah. Chase God and let him do the supernatural things that you cannot do. And God gets the glory when we work with him. Hmm. Let him do what we can't. Hmm. Amen. Amen. That's great. Hey, I'm pretty sure that there are people who are going to listen to this podcast and are going to say, I want to get a hold of that guy. I could I could use some coaching. I could use some advice. I could use, uh, you, you know, just some ideas. Um, how could people get in touch with you if they wanted to contact you? Call Brian Moak. Yeah, yeah, right. No, right. Yeah. <laughs> no um, you know, they they could send me an email. We could get started that way or. Yeah. Uh, I'm on Facebook. You know, they could contact me. Uh, what's your, what's your name? P as in pastor, P Jerry at Eastport BC as in Baptist church dot org. Yeah. And Jerry is J E R R Y. So that's good. Awesome. Hey, would you mind uh, closing us in prayer? You know, we 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 ask the guest every every time if they would do that for us, just to pray a blessing over our pastors, and and really just specifically, I, I'm just thinking about our small town rural guys that God would just uh, really use them in a powerful way, just like you shared at the end. So, would you would you close and, and bless our guys? Lord, I just want to thank you for the privilege it is undeserved privilege to be uh, a under shepherd of your people. Mm. And Lord, I just want to thank you that you don't call us to leave us alone into our own devices and our own abilities. Yeah. But the church is yours and you have an agenda and your agenda is always bigger than ours. Mm-hmm. Lord, I pray that you would open my eyes and, and you would open up the eyes of everyone listening to this podcast to that agenda in that we would join you 
that you would be glorified in our joining, uh, partnershiping with you Mm. as your spirit has called us to. Lord, that you would bless them today, Lord. Just just encourage them, strengthen them. Yes, Lord. Give them hope that you are not worried about these times. Mm -hmm. You are in control and you have a plan. And it's glorious. Yeah. And we thank you for that in Christ's name. Amen. Jerry, thanks a ton uh, for doing this today. I know it's going to be a blessing uh, to many. And uh, I just want to thank everyone for listening in. Uh, I'm grateful for each one of you who have subscribed and listened to the podcast. It just continues to grow. And and I'm just grateful for that. So please keep listening. Please share your awesome reviews on whatever platform you listen on. And please share advance with your friends. And finally, if you haven't yet, don't forget to check out our website, advancethechurch.org. Advanced Podcast is a ministry of Convergement America. Our mission is to start and strengthen churches that exalt the name of Jesus Christ together. If you'd like to learn more about Convergement America, visit our website, convergmentamerica.org.